the Spendthrift Trust and IRS Code 643B. I tell you what, this is a union which creates massive, massive legal tax reduction. But before I get into all of that, let me do my disclaimer to tell you that I'm not a licensed tax or legal advisor. I don't give tax, legal, or accounting advice, and this material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors before engaging in any financial transaction. All right, so who am I? My name is Don Thornton. I'm a 20-year real estate investor. I'm also a senior trust specialist. I've been a small business owner most of my adult life, and I also own this trust. My business, HB Funding, Inc., has been the anchor of my success the last 20 years, and I'm very proud of the fact that it has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau since 2004. I flipped well over 3,000 short sales in 20 years. I'm one of the leading short sale investors in the country, Don the short sale guy. Uh, so I'm very proud of this because, you know what, I built my business on integrity and I bring it to this, to this trust business. So let's talk about the benefits of a spendthrift trust. Well, the, the big four, I call it the Mount Rushmore of benefits, is that it gives you 100% lawsuit-proof asset protection. Capital gains taxes are not a taxable event if you're selling a trust asset. Any kind of passive income that comes in the trust is also not a taxable event, and it can help convert active income to passive income if it's paired up with an LLC, for example. And the biggest thing about this trust that makes it so valuable and so unique is that it is an IRS Code 643 compliant trust. So you might be asking yourself, well, hey, what does IRC Code 643B cover? Well, it covers a lot of things, but amongst them all, it covers trust, income, and distributions. So let's just dive in and talk right now about capital gains tax and the trust. Now, I'm going to quote right here from IRS Code 643B. I'm going to read this in its entirety because it's very important that you understand this. Gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to corpus and are not a paid, credited, or required to be distributed to any beneficiary during the taxable year, or b paid, permanently set aside, or to be used for the purposes specified in Section 642C. So basically, what this is saying is that there's no tax, there's no um, capital gains tax uh, as long as the gains are allocated to corpus and are not distributed to any beneficiary. So you're probably thinking to yourself, what the hell does corpus of the trust mean, Don? Well, it's a Latin term, corpus. It means body. And so in this sense, what we're saying is, is that as long as the gains from any capital gains uh, tax, or excuse me, sale of capital gains, that they are allocated to the corpus of the trust, meaning they become trust property, and they are not distributed to the um beneficiaries now this is something that's interesting here i own a trust okay i want i'm gonna just have a quick comparison here i'm gonna show you that the language in our trust is exactly the same as in internal revenue code 643 now look at this right here okay so in the bottom left hand corner you have what i just read 
Gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to corpus and are not a paid, credited, or required to be distributed to any beneficiary during the taxable year or be paid um, permanently set aside or to be used for the purposes specified in, our, in Section 642C. So look what it says here. The trustee shall and is obligated to do so and is bound by his or her fiduciary responsibility to allocate all gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets to the corpus of the trust because all such gains shall be excluded because such gains shall be allocated to corpus and under no circumstances be, shall be paid, creditor, or required to be distributed to any beneficiary during taxable year or be paid permanently set aside or to be used for purposes specified in Section 642 of the IRC. Do you see it's the exact same language? I'm telling you this is an IRC, IRC 643B compliant trust. So I'm telling you guys, as a real estate investor, as a business owner, get ready, get used to a new reality when it comes to your tax reduction strategies. Because listen, capital gains, sale of capital, for profit. It's not a taxable event for this trust. And again, the, the, the money quote here is that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to corpus and are not paid, credited, or required to be distributed to any beneficiary. So think about this. Real estate investment properties. If you have a business and you're selling that, crypto, stocks, precious metals, Forex, no capital gains taxes will be owed if you if they are a trust asset when you sell them. Okay, that's pretty powerful. But let's talk about passive income in the trust because that's also a huge you know source of income for the trust. And we, I'm going to show you now how that's also not going to be a taxable event. So let's just go and review here about the benefits of a spendthrift trust. We are you know we're not going to talk about asset protection in this video. We are um, <clears throat> we've already covered the capital gains, but right here, passive income, not a taxable event. We're going to cover that right now. So here's how it works. Passive income comes into the trust. After the trustee declares that all that passive income is going to be an extraordinary dividend for the trust, that means zero taxes are going to be owed. And I know I can hear you in my, in my head right now, Don. What is an extraordinary dividend? Well, we're going to go back to the tax code. We're going to go back to 643B, talking about income. It says, for purposes of this subpart and subparts B, C, and D, the term income, when not preceded by the words taxable, distributable net, undistributed net, or gross, means the amount of income of the estate or trust for the taxable year determined under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law. Items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends or taxable stock dividends, which the fiduciary acting in good faith determines to be allocable to corpus under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. So who's the fiduciary? Well, that's easy. That's you. You're the trustee. That's what it means. The, tr the, the trustee has fiduciary responsibility for the trust. So fiduciary equals trustee. So you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, that sounds great. It's a little bit mumbo jumbo because we're recording from a tax code. So how does this work? Well, it's easy. Passive income comes into the, tax, into the trust throughout the tax year. 
So it could be from rents, it could be from you know lease payments, it could be from passive investments. If you have as long as it's coming into the trust as passive income, your accountant is going to prepare your taxes. This 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 trust files a 1041 every single year. So like you would for an LLC or an S Corp, you know, you're going to go through, you're going to be doing your QuickBooks, you're going to be uh, giving this to your accountant, your accountant is going to be uh, going to deduct all the trust expenses. Finally, you're going to be left with an amount that normally would be taxable income if you were you know, talking about an S Corp or an LLC. But with you as trustee, whatever is left over that after deductions have been taken, you are going to declare that to be an extraordinary dividend for the trust. And so by doing that, your passive income now becomes a non-taxable event. Pretty cool, huh? So I'm sure there's naysayers out there. You're out there, you know, saying, Don, how in the world is this possible? How does the IRS allow this? This something, something doesn't, something's not right here. Well, if we're gonna go back into this and look at this closely, more closely on, on 643 in the tax code, but IRS Code 643 allows the governing instrument, which is the trust, and applicable local law to determine the amount of income for the tax year. Let's go back and look at this, okay? Highlighted in yellow, under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law, the, the fiduciary acting in good faith determines to be allocable to the corpus and under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. Okay, so you see here twice in this one paragraph, the tax code refers to um, the taxable year, income for the taxable year is, is determined by the terms of the governing instrument, which is the trust. Okay, it's very important. So it's not the Internal Revenue Code that is determining what the trust has as taxable income. It comes from the actual trust document itself, the government instrument. And I'm going to repeat again, the amount of income of the trust for the taxable year determined under the terms and governing of the governing instrument and applicable local law. So the trustee allocates all the passive income to corpus of the trust. And then these items of gross uh, income constituting extraordinary dividends, which the fiduciary or the trustee determines to be allocable under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. Okay. So key takeaway from here is that the amount of income of the trust for the taxable year is determined by the terms of the governing instrument, the trust and local law. This is commonly referred to as trust accounting income. Now, I want you guys to understand this, okay? The Internal Revenue Code does not determine trust accounting income. It, the trust itself determines that, okay? So listen, we, we, you know, it's not just me saying this. You know, we have a, a former IRS expert. Um, he was a, a senior revenue agent, agent with the Department of Treasury, responsible for the examination of corporate tax returns, real estate investing trusts, high-income individuals, and related taxable entities, and the accurate application of tax laws and related procedures created by Congress of the United States. This is what he concludes. Title 26, subtitle A, chapter 1, subchapter 1, part 1, subpart A, section 643. Definitions applicable to subparts A, B, C, and D clearly define and outline that gains 
from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocable, allocated to the corpus of the trust and are not required by the governing instrument, the trust itself, to be distributed to the beneficiaries. It further outlines that extraordinary dividends and taxable stock dividends are excluded as items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends and ta or taxable stock dividends, whereas the trustee acting in terms and conditions of the trust in compliance with all applicable local laws and the trustee acting in good faith determines that such dividends are allocable to the corpus of the trust under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. Okay, it's a former IRS agent saying this right here, just to back this up. But it's right there in the tax code. I've already read you the tax code. Okay, so what this conclusion is, is that any gains from sale of capital assets excluded, not a taxable event. When, you, when the trustee declares that this income is uh, an extraordinary dividend for the trust, it is not considered income. If something's not income, it's not taxable. The only tax on income. Okay. Now, listen, this law firm that I work with, um, you know, we were licensed with them, has created this trust for clients for almost 50 years. Something like 79,000 clients have this, have, have had this um, uh, trust. 50 years of tax returns minimum. Okay. As far as we can tell, no, not one audit and not one issue with the IRS, not one of this, of this firm's law clients have ever come back had any kind of issue with the IRS, much less an audit, okay? Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why has there been no pushback from the, IR, from the IRS all this time? You know what? Occam's razor. If the, simplest, the simplest explanation tends to be true, okay? This is a legal strategy. That's why there's been no pushback, because no laws are being broken. This trust is written in full compliance with IRS Code 643B. The tax returns that we filed disclose this. We have been fully transparent with the IRS for decades. And like I said, as far as we know, not a single audit or problem in 50 years. So I want to congratulate you that you found this trust that's going to protect your assets and your wealth for generations. And listen, plus, as I've already shown here, your tax burdens will be significantly reduced thanks to this trust being 100% compliant with IRS Code 643B. I personally want to thank you for taking the time to watch this video, and I encourage you to reach out to me, and we can talk more. We do a free strategy session and show how this trust can help you save and protect your assets for your future generations and to greatly limit your tax liabilities by using this amazing trust. Thank you.